0: very far into the Bible without encountering this concept of a covenant. Uh, We first see reference to it in Genesis chapter 9, but then it really becomes the center of focus beginning with the Abraham stories in Genesis chapter 12, where God offers Abraham a covenant relationship and eventually that's ratified in Genesis 15. We have a sign of the covenant in Genesis 17, and really the whole back part of Genesis is the development of this covenant relationship, establishing it among Abraham and his family. And of course it doesn't stop there. It goes into the Exodus narratives where Israel becomes God's covenant people. The covenant is um, elaborated with the law that's given from Sinai. The covenant is crucial to God's residence among his people in the tabernacle and temple. And then all the way through as the Old Testament proceeds as we have the idea of the prophets as covenant mediators or covenant champions calling people to accountability of the covenant. And so the covenant is, is central in Old Testament theology. And it doesn't stop there. We move into the New Covenant in the New Testament, and so we find out that covenant is a fairly important theological concept. So what do we make of it? What is this covenant thing all about? Did God just decide that he was going to use a covenant to make promises so he could show that he could keep them? Is the covenant an administrative sort of facilitating element? Uh, Is Covenant just sort of a political agreement? What is the Covenant? Well, let's take a look at a few of the concepts that might help us understand it. First of all, we have to understand that a Covenant entails a relationship. That is, uh, whatever the purposes or reasons for the relationship, a Covenant establishes a relationship between parties. Now, relationship is a key term, and that that should help us quite a bit here because we understand from the very beginning of Genesis and all the way through the the Bible to the very end that God has always intended to be in relationship with his people. Therefore, relationship is an important concept and covenant is involved with that. But what exactly was the, the target, the focus of this relationship? Because we see that there are a lot of parts to it. What's the focus? I don't think that it's just promise, certainly God made promises. The promises that he makes to Abraham and his family and that carry on into Israel are promises that involve benefits, benefits because God has made this relationship with them. And so they have something to gain, land, family, blessing, there there are things that they stand to gain and those are important benefits. But is God just doing this so he can give his, his favorites some benefits? I don't think that's going to help us. God has another goal in mind. And God's goal, I would suggest to you, is a goal that will end in relationship, but has to get there through a particular instrument. See, it's difficult to be in relationship with someone that you don't know. At the time of Abraham, there was no one No one in the ancient world who knew God, who knew Yahweh. Abraham's family was not monotheistic. They were not worshipers of Yahweh. The text tells us that, Joshua 24, among other places. And so, there were no faithful worshipers. So, how in the world could God expect relationship from people who didn't know him? The covenant, then, is the beginning of God's initiative to reveal himself. God was undertaking a program of revelation so that people could come to know him and through knowing him, come into relationship with him. So relationship was the final goal, but revelation was the objective along the way. And God decided that he was going to reveal himself to the world through Abraham and his family they would stand to gain certain benefits because of the fact that God was using them in this way. It was to their advantage because they received the revelation of God first. Romans talked to us about that. What advantage does the Jew have? Every way through them came the oracles of God. And so having that relationship was an advantage to them. But it was also something that God was going to do regardless of whether they were cooperative or not. They could lose the benefits if they were not cooperative, if they didn't respond. But God was going to reveal himself through Israel, through Abraham's family, whether they were faithful or unfaithful. Every aspect of God's nature would be revealed in all of those vicissitudes of Israel's keeping or not keeping the covenant. And in this way, God intended to reveal himself and through that revelation that Israel could come to know him, but through Israel that the world could know him. This is that light to the nations idea that they could know God and that others could know the God of Israel through them. We have the confession of Rahab in, in Joshua chapter 2. Uh, we know that your God is great. The world was coming to know him. And the same carries as a theme in Ezekiel, especially chapter 20. And so this knowledge of God is important, and that's what God is doing in the covenant. And that covenant then was fulfilled finally in Jesus Christ. Because in Christ we find the fulfillment of the law and the fulfillment of the covenant. When God gave the law, he was revealing himself, revealing himself as a holy God. And he tells them, I am holy and you are to be holy. So law becomes revelation. Law becomes benefit, law becomes joy, and law is fulfilled in Christ because in Christ the holiness and character of God are embodied, and therefore Christ fulfills the law. Christ fulfills the covenant because the ultimate revelation of God comes in the covenant, and the ultimate revelation, eventually, of God's salvation through Christ comes through the covenant, which then leads to the new covenant in which we are now in relationship to God through Christ, and the covenant has done its job.